What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Ball In, Ball Out. The official Lakers podcast of hoop-ball.com. It is midweek episode time, which means you've got two of the three of your favorite or least favorite voices on the program. I'm Dan <laughs> Bass of course, uh, who apparently is not working this week. Eli Bauman, who is free all day, every day. What's up? That's right, baby. Got the week off. <laughs> That's right. Just hanging out with my dog. Ah, uh, Leon. He's a good boy. Yeah, I, you know what happens to me on weeks off is like I just obsess over nonsense in the house. Like right now, I've why I had to delay this podcast starting for like five minutes was I had to set up a sting operation because something is eating my dog's treats. <laughs> so I set up our like camera. We have like a camera that we originally got because someone was stealing packages off our doorstep. That right, now. I've set up to see if it is a mouse or some kind of insect that is eating my dog's treats. So I had to set up a sting operation. That's got to be a pretty big insect, no? If it, that was what... I don't know. It's chewing through something. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I guess I'm hoping that it's an insect. I'm fearing that it's a mouse. Oh, poor but... Leon. Leon is not a ferocious beast. I feel like no, if he was presented no. with a rodent problem, that might not go well for him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even a tiny mouse will defeat my dog in any kind of hand at paw to paw combat. He's still a good boy. I don't care what anybody he's says. He's the best. He's amazing. What are they saying? <laughs> they better be saying he's he's yeah, a they, sweet boy. They are saying he's a sweet boy. Uh, uh, so what's I'm up? not a sweet boy. What's up, Eli? You, we had a pretty good game to talk about from last night. Excellent I got, game. Well, yeah, I got ridiculous you were there, stories. So why don't you give everyone the the skinny? Like I don't want it. Uh, I, so I got weird stories about not weird, I guess, but entertaining stories about the game last night. Uh, at Dan Baspers, at Eli Bauman, at Hoopball lakers if you're not following that already that's the best way to make sure that you know when this podcast goes out uh so i mentioned it on the on the sunday show that uh friends of ours friends of uh, 
my wife's and, and mine, had four insanely good seats to last night's Laker game. And and at the time, I don't think I was even fully aware of how good the seats were going to be. They were really, really, really good. Yeah. So like they I could real nice. Yeah, I could breathe down well, so not the Lakers broadcasters, because they're up like halfway up the the crowd on the opposite right, side. They moved them up. They yeah. did. Which is good. I mean actually it's a better vantage point when you can kind of yeah. see above giant people running back and forth. But we I could basically breathe down Warriors play-by-play man Bob Fitzgerald's neck if I wanted to. Those guys are good. I think the Warriors broadcasters are good. I actually like them from Oakland, so I've caught a few of their broadcasts. They're yeah, pretty solid. They're, you know, I listened to a lot of Warriors games when I was uh, up at Cal and in Bay Area living. Yay Area living? I think I need to... It's yay <laughs> yeah, Area there you living. Go. Uh, my only beef with Bob Fitzgerald is that he makes a lot of sentences sound like questions. Where he's That's doing a game he and he's up-talks. like... Yeah, he's an up-talker. He's like, and yeah. there's Jordan Bell... Like no, it's it's Jordan, yeah. it's Jordan yeah, Bell. Pretty sure, but maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> I like he's Jim Barnett. A Jim Barnett's a he's a classic, uh, and he and Stu Lance were I'm sure discussing SVU episodes before the start of the game. There's a picture of that uh, on my Facebook page as well. Uh, Spectacular. I actually had a thought about our broadcasters as I was watching the game. TV or radio? Uh, uh, TV. TV. Oh, uh, Billy. It would also kind of apply to our radio guys because when you get league pass, you. Uh, you know, you watch lo- everyone else's broadcast, everyone's home broadcast, and everyone is such a weird homer on their broadcast. It's like if you turn on the like Charlotte, you know, Hornets, but you know, it's like Kemba Walker's the best player that's ever played. You know, like oh my god, Nick Batum, he's you know, this team is the best thing since sliced bread. And like our <laughs> Stu Lance. Is the opposite. Like, yeah, we have the only broadcast in the country where like they're basically haters it's, of their own team, which I actually really enjoy. It's like the opposite of the typical Homer experience. It's just like they constantly are like <laughs> on our own players. But to me, it's it's uh, it's kind of this weird. It's almost like a reflective reflexive thing that Stu's done because with uh, with Billy Mack and with John Ireland actually on the radio side as well. Everything is so doom and gloom all the time. As soon as the other team scores one bucket, it's like, and there we go again. Here yeah, comes the skies. So then Stu, he's got to like, he's got to be the voice of reason. Where if the Lakers are playing well, and then he's like, well, now let's like calm down. The defense is still terrible, or something like that. And if things are going poorly, he's like, well, you know, runs happen. Stu is the Stu is like the Jiminy Cricket on that that TV broadcast. That's really true. And so is Michael Thompson, kind of. Yeah, he really is. They both. He's kind of just like salty. They've got to do the heavy lifting because the play-by-play guys get so emotional, which I guess, you know, it's sort of a good thing, but also we were blessed with Chick Hearn for so long, who was just... Oh, yeah, so so bring us back to Chick Hearn Night, which... Chick Hearn Night, which was awesome, but we basically couldn't see the Jumbotron because we were straight underneath it. Uh, Because your seats were too good. We were simply too close. You know how they... Uh, you know how they they roll down those giant curtains before the game, yeah. and they d- yeah, yeah couldn't couldn't make heads or tails of that. We were like right <laughs> up in a fold of the curtain. It was crazy. Uh, Did you, do you have the socks? Are you socked? I got the socks. They are well. I can show them to you because we're doing this via a, a Google yeah, Hangout. You, you no one else like can see. It, but I'm gonna slide to the right here. 
And then I'm going to slide back to the left in front of the microphone. And here I'm showing Eli now the, the Chick oh, Hearn socks. Great. It's got a, the Lakers logo on, on one those side. Those are actually really nice. And it's got Hearn and a microphone in uh, in gold on a purple background on the other side. Yeah, it's, it's the same It's the same logo as the, the banner that's at the yeah. top of, of Staples. Correct. That's really nice. That's a good sock. That was a sweet giveaway. I don't have I don't have a lot of Lakers swag. I didn't go to that many Lakers games as a kid. I went to a lot of Dodgers stuff because it was cheaper. So now I'm like, it, it's been incredibly good fortune that the two Lakers games I've been taken to for free this year, one was the Lakers uh, Veterans Day hat giveaway, and the other is the Chicker and Sock. So slowly but surely... Yeah, you're getting good swag. I'm getting Lakers also, you, also, you happen to go to the best game of the season, I think. Even oh, though it was, we caught a loss, that was the best game. That was awesome. And we, we should thank the Warriors for basically playing drunk for three quarters of basketball because they were just throwing it around. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. You know what? They were, very, they were very nice heading into the game, too. I have to give some respect to them. They were very nice towards our players. Yeah, like, really nice, like right? They were saying really nice things about Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, and I just feel like it was a very supportive atmosphere. They like I don't know if you saw this while you were live, maybe your seats were too good to see them. But on the broadcast, there was a lot of them, like, helping our players up. Like, yeah, there was a lot, like, very, like, respectful it was uh, champion. I did see some of that because during the first media timeout when Randall checked into the game, Draymond Green, during the timeout, left his own huddle and walked over and gave Julius Randall a hug. And I was like, well, that's unusual. Yeah. There's a lot of like cross pollination between the two franchises. I think like, like a Luke you know, Walton, we had yeah. Jerry West, they had Jerry West, they had Luke Walton, we have Luke Walton. I feel like I I just read that um, you know Curry, which kind of explains why his shooting was so weird. I guess hurt his finger, so he's been calling Kobe Bryant, who played that whole year with a screwed up finger with that little splint I on didn't his hear finger. That. Yeah, Kobe's kind of oddly become like the guru. Of like current NBA players, yeah, like how to like play they, hurt. He like, yeah, he like lives on like a hill in Manhattan Beach, and they like have to scale <laughs> stairs to talk to him. It's like a Kill Bill. Uh, but I like that role for Kobe. You know, I feel like no players talked to him while he was a player, and now that he's post player, he's like everyone's like spiritual guru. He went out uh, with way more grace than I think any of us thought he would ten years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, we thought he would go out with zero grace, <laughs> and he but has. But you're right; he's become like. He's become quite this kind of mis- mysterious, like lionized figure, and I think that's really nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's He's cool. Like every current player's favorite player. Yep, which is amazing. And you know, yeah. take that, LeBron. <laughs> well, I feel like LeBron will probably be. Yeah, he's- LeBron will probably be like every Lonzo generation's favorite player. But yeah. for all of the guys, kind of the Kyrie Irving generation, Kobe's their favorite player. It so makes he- sense. Yes, it's it like is. Magic is my favorite player. That was like when I was growing up. That was like, you know kind of the the guy in his prime yep that makes a lot of sense makes a ton of sense so here's the other side of that same story though where everybody's like getting along and saying nice things it also means the warriors didn't fear the lakers even the tiniest bit no and you could tell because we almost snuck them yeah it was close uh brandon ingram we had him dan we had him i've got i've got goofy stories to tell about watching the game but let's do uh let's do a quick game recap before we get into yes. the, the weird uh Lakers lost in overtime, 127 to 123. It was awesome. Uh, Steph Curry scored 13 points just in overtime. You kind of figured yeah, eventually. I, I turned to my dog, Leon, who I was watching the game with, w- right when we went to overtime. I go, Leon, 
Steph Curry is going to kill us. <laughs> We've given him I too many know. chances. He's, he's not done a damn thing the whole game. He's going to kill us. And uh, turned out that was uh, yeah. that was accurate. You can Just, ask Leon. This is a true story. I I believe I believe Leon. He speaks only the truth. But yeah, I, I yeah. actually looked down for like a second, and Steph Curry had hit two three pointers to open Daggers. the overtime period. Just boom. Uh, Kevin Durant really cool to watch in person. I had never seen him play live. He's crazy. really tall, right? Yeah, really, really tall. tall. Uh, you see Brooke Lopez take the floor, and you're like, hey, that's a big dude. And then you realize that Kevin Durant's like an inch shorter. Then Brooke Lope, obviously a lot ganglier, but he's he's legit. He's a legit seven footer. He's so good. And the Lakers, to their credit, actually played really good defense on a lot of Warriors possessions. Uh, I loved the way that I thought Jordan Clarkson actually played some of his best defense of the year in that game. Brandon Ingram, who we've seen a lot of strides from, and we know he has the build to be a good defender, and he started to do it. They were guarding without fouling. They were getting hands. In between jump shooters' arms, I love it when guys get that hand right in their eyes like that. Uh, And it it impacted some of their shots. Warriors missed things that, against teams like the Phoenix Suns, they they probably would have made. So I I thought there were, on the defensive side, that's where I'm starting with this one. I thought there were a lot of really good things to take away. Effort, uh, after after like the first four minutes. There was like a layup line for four minutes, and then the Lakers started yeah, to play Zaza better. Yeah, Zaza Pachulia came out for like <laughs> 10 points on like five shots. We poked him in the really? eye, and then it slowed him down. Oh, my God, dude. We are leading the league in poking dudes in the head, <laughs> in the eye, in the face. Brandon Ingram, by himself, is get, <laughs> definitely the league leader of swinging his elbow on a drive and clocking you right in the face. He did it to Durant twice. Yep, twice. No, no, no call on either of them. No, and who, he did it to someone the previous game. I'm now blanking on it, but some, you know, just that was a Clipper game. Oh, those are some bony ass elbows too. Yeah. yeah, he elbowed someone in the face <laughs> on the in the Clippers game too, and got called for a charge. Well, good. I mean, yeah, Throw those bows. It, it's also as you were saying, like it was really cool to watch Ingram go up against Durant. I know that they have a little bit of a relationship because I'm obsessed about the Lakers, so I know that that's like a guy Durant likes, and they talk. I think Durant. You know, obviously there were comparisons coming out of school. You know, they were both one-year guys, very skinny, like got kind of pegged as guys who might never grow into their bodies. And I think, you know, the best thing that happened in that game, among many other good things, was Brandon Ingram is for real. I think, like, now it's a question of, like, how good he'll be, but not a question of whether or not he'll be good. I think, like, that guy's a legitimate NBA player and maybe a star, um, and I just loved watching him go up against Durant. Like they're both freakishly long dudes. Uh, Ingram like took him, took him a few times, like yeah. legitimately, and had that great steal uh, at a crucial time when Durant was, I think, trying to win the game. Yeah, he was, was just. Right, am I thinking the right play? Uh, Warriors were up three. He picked his pocket. Yeah, picked. His, they were just trying to bounce out time. I think it was like a five or six second separation shot in game clock, and so the Lakers figured. You know, we'll play defense. Maybe they miss. We get a shot to tie with six seconds left, and Ingram just took it away from him. Oh, right, and then he and then he made both of those free throws too. Yeah, and then and uh, Steph Curry missed a free throw, and we couldn't get the Ooh, rebound. I want to talk about that later. We'll get <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, God, there's so much to talk about in this game. Yeah, keep it was going, it going. was a good one. Um, I, I I let's I'm gonna keep going with the good stuff. Uh, Brandon Ingram, obviously, a really like you said that that was. That was kind of like a coming out party a little bit because he did it against a good team. Uh, really Jordan good team. Jordan Clarkson started very poorly. He missed a layup with no one in his face, just a point blank little three footer. 
Uh, he played some bad defense. He fell down. He committed a turnover. And and Luke stuck with him, and he turned it around. He ended up putting together a really nice ball game, both ends of the floor. Uh, I thought Lonzo Ball actually played a pretty darn good ball game yesterday, he by all a accounts. Really good game. And really good. Yeah, he, I mean, he just gets crushed after every game, regardless of what happens. But the thing with the thing with him is, you can tell almost immediately whether or not it's going to be good Lonzo or bad Lonzo. That's true. He he just is so much more aggressive. When he's aggressive, he's really good. I know people are giving him shit about missing open shots and like whatever, guys, deal with it. This is going to be part of it. We have to let him keep shooting. You know, like the worst thing to do is to be scared, and then people don't guard you. And then you're really in trouble. Then it really gets becomes a thing that's in your head. He's still got to take those shots in rhythm. When he's driving to the hoop, he's more involved. His dif- defensive effort is really good. He's a good defensive player. And I thought that that was going to be... Going into the season, I was like, oh, he's going to be a really bad defensive player because that's what I had heard. And that hasn't been my experience of him playing at all. He'll get blown by sometimes, but he's usually doing the right thing. He gets in passing lanes. He's bigger than you think. Um, and the effort has been there really all season and with all of the team everyone really played their butts off this game and it was really nice to see so now we just have to do that against everyone yes we do uh and they're competitive against everyone and that's another thing that i want to talk about is like kind of how that how that shakes out and and what luke walton is working on here that's another angle that i want to pursue in this ball game um we do obviously have some some less awesome stuff to get to in this one as well but let's stick with some of the strategic decisions i don't remember if the lakers had a substitution over about the final 17 minutes of this game (laughs) did they do i feel like lonzo ball came back in a couple minutes into the fourth and then it was just that through the fourth and overtime which sounds like it might exhaust some of these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering the advantages and the disadvantages of that particular strategy. Is it, these are the guys that I want in at the end of the game, so I'm just going to get them in as many close late-game situations as possible? Is it, this is what I believe is my best lineup, regardless of who they're playing against? I mean, what did you feel was the philosophy there? Maybe you saw things that I couldn't down on the floor, but it felt like... There were multiple possessions late in that game where the Lakers looked tired as hell. Um, yeah, I think that's probably true. I think, you know, Kuzma was like a late scratch for, true. you know, some kind of mysterious back spasm. So I guess I think that that made it so, you know, he. it seems, and I don't disagree with this, it seems like they've pretty much decided that Lopez and Bogut, for defensive reasons because they can't switch, you can't switch those guys. They're too lumbering. Are going to come out in crunch time. So anytime we have a close game, it's basically Randall's the five. And then, because Kuzma's out, that means Nance is the four. Um, I'm happy when they play Lonzo. He's got to get these minutes. So I think that's good. They did, I think, sub Josh Hart in at one point, which I oh, like the yeah. way he plays. Um, he plays really hard. So I'm no complaints. And, and your boy, Caldwell Pope, has been good. Um. So, I mean, I think, like, we oddly have, like, a really deep team and then kind of not a deep crunch time team. Like, there's only so many guys you really trust. Like, Ingram, you're not taking out. Lonzo, you're not taking out. Pope, you're not taking out. Randall's are kind of become our crunch time five. And then with Kuzma out, that means Nance, and that's that's your team. And last night so, it was actually, they played Clarkson, I think, technically. Oh, yeah, they did. They I did think play Ingram was the four last night in crunch right, time. Right, so who was out? Nance was out. Yeah, which... 
Uh, I kind of, I almost would have liked to have seen him in, at least if we were going to do like an offense-defense kind of thing, because his defense was awesome yesterday. Well, and- yeah, and I actually, it's funny you brought up the sub thing, because, you know, and listen, I don't want to get into a thing where we're killing Luke over over things, but I do think, you know, a, a big thing that separates great teams from good teams or good teams from bad teams or the Warriors from us in last night's case <laughs> is like, Attention to detail, and I think like a lot of times we talk about that in regards to players, but you know that I think one of the decisive, two of the decisive plays of the game, um, were Luke little Luke mistakes, and I think like big picture he's been a great coach for this team. They play really hard for him, and I like him, but that Steph Curry missed free throw. We had Ingram going against Draymond Green for that rebound. And, like, look. Yeah, get Nance in there. Get Lopez in there. Exactly. Usually Curry misses it, but if you're going to take a timeout anyway, put Bogut, put Lopez, put Nance, put someone who's, like, a really good rebounder to go against the best rebounder, one of the best rebounders in the league. And, like, that little move kind of cost us. The other one was, you know, when Julius had that breakaway um, when we were tied right before overtime – Lonzo was wide open coming down the lane and we called timeout. And that's just like, once again, like I get why we call timeout, but we had an open layup as LeVar Ball pointed out after the game Ugh. that his son was wide open. Thanks LeVar. But anyway, those are just little things. You know, I do think what's nice about this team, what's nice about the season is we're watching everyone kind of grow together, improve together. And I think that also will go for Luke too, who's also basically a baby, a baby coach. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll cut him slack. I, I don't know. I'm with you though. I feel like a couple of things could have been done differently. And, and the, the timeout thing is one that, that, that I will harp yeah, on a little knows. bit because the we've in watching these games, the Lakers haven't really run any good plays out of timeouts, maybe all year. Have we, I mean, have you seen anything good? I feel like we often turn the ball over out of a timeout and we knew, I mean, the Warriors knew, we knew in the, in the arena, you probably knew watching that after the timeout, someone was going ISO. Someone was going one-on-one yeah. because that's the Lakers' fourth quarter offense anyway. Well, I mean, I've seen a couple like of those plays that end up with someone with an open three. It's just we don't really have guys who can make that. <laughs> so it's like I've seen like Pope get a few open threes or Kuzma sometimes. But, you know, we just don't have knockdown shooters. We don't have Clay Thompson on our team, unfortunately. Yeah, Lakers could really use like even someone as simple as a Wayne Ellington on this team would be really helpful because there's just Wayne Ellington. there's just no shooting. And maybe Miami would be willing to part with Wayne Ellington, but probably not. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Let's let's talk about something that's gone awry here. He looked angry, and he has for like two or three games in a row, which I guess is a good thing that he's not happy that things are sort of spiraling a little bit, and I don't know that it could be a whole lot worse. And this was obviously a bad matchup for him right out of the shoot because you knew he'd be in there for Zaza time, and then there's no way you can play Lopez on... The but Warriors he sucked against small. Zaza. Yeah, and, and he was bad Zaza in that. Zaza had one. like 12 points against us. He looks, Lopez is not there. he looks like he has no confidence. Is that? Yeah. I mean, guys usually get it back, right? When when someone's as proven as Brooke Lopez, it seems like a matter of time. Suddenly it'll start to fall, and then he'll be a little bit better. But I don't think he's getting more than 24, 25 minutes a game probably no. all year. 
No, he doesn't really fit the other things that our team does. I did see that there's some advanced stat that him and Julius are actually really good together at the same time, which is kind of like what we thought going into the season that they made sense together on paper. Uh, so I'm curious to see that combo more, maybe now that Nance is back. But yeah, he just seems kind of like the square peg in this thing. I don't know exactly how he fits. It, it would make sense if he can make threes, but he, like everyone else on this team, can't seem to figure out how to make open threes. So then you're kind of like, well, what exactly is he really good at on this team? Yeah, he needs to be able to make a damn shot. And he's not right now. He's like, oh, for his last 10 from downtown. I don't think he's made a three in the last four games for this team. If that shot starts to fall, then he becomes really potent again because he can lure centers out to the three-point line, and then he can go two long-ass steps right to the rim. Yeah, he does take those long-ass behemoth strides. Slow ones, too. I also just don't know, you know, everyone else on this team, good or bad, I kind of watch them and go like, okay, well, this is good because we're learning about our future team. I think he's in the one really weird spot where it's like, unless he takes a big pay cut next year, like he's not going to be with the team. Like he's on an expiring deal. He's basically like they got a contract and they were like, oh, good. He can also play. That's good. But like, you know, with Ingram, with Kuzma, with Lonzo, with Clarkson, with all these guys, you at least are under the belief that you're looking at some kind of future cornerstone of the team. And with Lopez, I'm like, I'm just looking at a dude that I'm hoping will be good this year and then will probably be gone. Yeah. Um, would, so I just I don't nice. find the same joy of, like, even watching him struggle, there's nothing instructive about his struggling. It's just frustrating. Yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And he, you could see it, man. The look on his face told the whole story on that one. Uh, the, uh, the final numbers, just a quick run through here, and then we can move on to uh, what's coming up next and some of the, the funny stories from, from courtside. Uh, Brandon Ingram, 32-5-3, and three, three steals, two blocks, uh, 57% from the floor. He made six out of seven of his free throws as well. Larry Nance did not score, but did have four steals, a block, four rebounds, yeah, and five assists. He was awesome. He was on the floor. He was basically on top of Steph Curry for most of his 22 minutes on the court, <laughs> like literally yeah. lying on top of him. Jordan Clarkson, 21-6-8. Lonzo Ball, 15-10, and 10, a double-double. For Zoe, uh, he hit three three-pointers, each one of them uglier than the last, but they went in. Uh, Julius Randle, 20-4, and four, and KCP, kind of an inefficient 21-7, and seven, but I still like what he's doing out there, and overall... Yeah, he played well. Yeah, a nice ball game across the board for the Lakers. And Kuzma, uh, probably, hopefully, like a nice like sushi meal by himself. Yeah, he was he Just was like cooling. a nice, relaxing night, you know. I didn't see time. him. Maybe he saw Coco. Did, <laughs> I still got to see it, man. I uh, So we went to this game last night with other relatively new parents their daughter is i think uh closer to two than one but i did drop a strong coco recommendation from you and dr noble team coco team coco um yeah i gotta go see that bad boy you really do take take time out of your weekend did you see did you see kuzma watching on tv i didn't see him no i didn't see him on the he was back back doing whatever he was doing the stim machine or something like that tens unit is that what those things are called yeah, uh, playing like Pokemon Go or whatever. <laughs> I may have. Is that still that. a thing? I don't think that's still a thing. Absolutely, it's the only video game that new fathers can play because you can do it pushing a stroller around. I've been I've been known to <laughs> I've been known to catch them all here in Brentwood, California. <laughs> oh my God! So many people are just going to walk into oncoming traffic if it hasn't happened already. Uh yeah, that's you. You really need, and you need to be extra careful of that if you're pushing a baby in a stroller. Just it's like the scene in you know that scene in Speed. 
where like uh, they've just gotten in the bus and uh, Sandra Sandy Bullock is driving and uh, there's like a, a weird woman who says goodbye to her friend, which my wife has pointed out is like kind of the weirdest part of this story. <laughs> says goodbye to her friend at like eight in the morning and then pushes her stroller out into the middle of the street and then Sandy Bullock hits it hits it with the bus. <laughs> and then famously Keanu turns back and goes, It's cons. It's just cons. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, that woman was pushing a stroller full of, full of soda, cans. soda cans, saying goodbye to her friend in the morning, which is like, who is that friend? Who's what the... were they doing? What was the rest of her day supposed to look like? Yeah. Wh- I was, why didn't the friend ask about this stroller full of soda? That reminds me, actually, of a, a noted uh, vagrant in Oildale in my time with the Bakersfield Blaze who actually pushed a giant garbage can around in a baby stroller. I I, I caught him in the Jack in the Box drive through. What is that? I don't. That's I, so bizarre. I don't know. I mean, I have to assume that the baby stroller was was looted from someone. <laughs> yeah. Right. He didn't like walk but into like, Kids why, R Us. Why? It seems like a, such a weird, inefficient means of transporting said uh, garbage can. Yeah. He got something on wheels, man. If it's on wheels, it's it's because the next one. <laughs> but somehow in that movie where like it's about a crazy man who's armed a bus to you know murder 50 strangers to get revenge against keanu reeves the weirdest person the weirdest person's day is that woman with the stroller of cans <laughs> that is that is a very That's good the person point. i get the least yeah why is it even in there what's the point of that sequence well the point is for this this moment where you think sandra bullock has murdered some some child on the street but it but turns no. out it's just cans it's just just cans uh, all right, let me let me tell you a couple of goofy stories about uh, being really closed down. This is this. I'm going to actually ask you a question before we get going. When you watch yeah. Laker, was yesterday's game an ESPN game? No, it was an NBA TV game. Oh. It was blacked out, so I watched the the Spectrum spe- Spectrum spe- with Eric. I'm sure we know your Time Warner cable. Yeah. Don't try to fool us. Yeah, we got you. Uh, so you know how sometimes when they have the national TV games in LA and the ESPN guys are, are sort of center of press row and they'll do their little pregame or midgame cut to, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what the, you probably know the term. I don't when it's just the two guys on camera and that, and they're, that's it. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't know what the name of that is. Like it's the in booth. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and generally, or at least a few times I've seen, Sort of a, let's call him outgoing, orange-haired fellow who's often, like, trying to lean into the picture in the background and, and like, flash Lakers gear and colors. Not, and, okay, so you're not talking about the guy with the evil goatee. evil, no. Or as I call him, like, evil Armenian Mark Cuban. No, not evil. Like not Mark, ev- Mark Cubanian. <laughs> and you're not talking about the guy with the stupid defense signs. No, not real deal okay, sign not guy. Not real deal. <laughs> he had real deal last night. That guy is such a schmuck. It, but also, he should be a uh, guest on the podcast. We should get sign guy on the show. We're, it's directly across, actually, from sign guy. Uh, that guy is running out of buttons to unbutton. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, almost at the navel. He's Sa- showing both nips. Sign guy? Point. Sign guy. Well, he gets sweaty over there. It's a lot of sign raising what and do you think? Do you think him and evil Mark Cuban are like a package deal, or are they separate guys who just... There's like 15... Like kismet. There's like 15 guys at Laker games now that are basically a package deal. It's all yeah. <laughs> it's all just cartoons sideline at Laker games. Uh, oh, remind me. I have to talk about one other person who is at the Laker game, but go ahead. That's fair. Um, so this guy is not as well known. I just, when I watch those broadcaster cuts when they're doing their little, yeah, hey, uh, Mark Jackson, we're, 
we're getting ready to to watch the game and you know that whole yeah that those are feel. always super awkward too those guys never know what to do with their hands oh i have no idea i was on one of those doing a, a college basketball game once and i just ended up staring sort of confusedly at a paper that i had with some notes on <laughs> i'm a <laughs> i do radio man none of this none of the, don't put me on screen i don't know what to do with myself uh, so it always bugs the crap out of me when some dickhole in the background is trying to get into the picture. Like you're yeah, going to look, annoying. you're going to look like an ass. You're going to look stupid and your friends are going to remember you not as the guy who got on TV, but as the idiot in the background. This is that guy. And he uh, does it constantly. And I get to, I got to see what he does when he's not trying to get in the background of amazing. the ESPN shot. Amazing. So for one, uh, he's probably... He looked like he was probably late 40s, maybe early 50s, uh, with his son, who appeared to be a teenager, and his son's friend. And they are... Humiliation. Brutal. So it's not... They have press row, and then there's a walkway, and then there's like two rows of folding chairs where really fancy people sit also. And then we were in the the actual seating, the flip-down seating. But by all accounts, we were basically fourth row, if you count those two folding chairs. Which is insane, by the way. Uh... This guy was third row, so he was right in front of us. Ooh, he, snu- he he got the prime seat. Prime seat. Brand so this new. man is wealthy. It's, it must that be was family exactly wealthy. that was the point I was going to make. Exorbitantly wealthy, and it'll become more clear as the story goes on. Point number two: wearing a brand new Brandon Ingram jersey the whole time with the tag still on, hanging out of his armpit. He's going to return it. He's trying. To, he's going to. It probably wasn't drenched in sweat by the end of the game. Uh. Also, that's just like that's a that's a real move. Adults wearing like a jersey at a game is yeah. a real decision. I just want to say of a twenty year old, by the way, not a guy of, that... a, of a fourteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, and he was into it, man. But his voice was already gone, presumably from yelling at God knows what. So he was no shirt, no shirt under the jersey. Just yes, skin? yes shirt, yes shirt yes under shirt. the jersey. Okay, yeah. thank goodness okay. for that. It's slightly more respectable. Yeah. Um, so he had, I guess, already been screaming about God knows what. He had the full, like, Doc Rivers, Tom Thibodeau, no voice left by second quarter thing happening. And during a timeout, he started pantomiming God knows what. I didn't know what it was. At Draymond Green. There was no, there was no oh, music. Boy. It was, like, between Laker girl, Laker girl dances at courtside. And the place had gone quiet for a moment, and Draymond had come up to Press Row to get, I think, maybe a piece of gum or something. Warriors have, like, a little tub of... He chews a lot of gum. I sometimes worry he's going to choke on that gum. JaVale McGee, by the way, probably about 19 pieces of gum during yesterday's game. We didn't see JaVale. No. No JaVale sighting. I saw JaVale. JaVale basically wandered over to the press table to get gum and watch the Laker girls dance. That was his role during yesterday. Not a bad day. He He was good at it, too. Uh... So Draymond was at press row. He's getting his gum or his certs or whatever they had in that bucket. And uh, this guy starts pantomime. He yells, Draymond! And I, he got his attention. You could see Dre kind of gave him the sideways glance, like, what's about to happen yeah. here? Uh, and then he starts doing this weird thing where he's, like, pointing his fingers towards the sky. It looked like maybe he was casting a spell on Draymond. And then he turned, and he pointed all of his fingers up at the Lakers championship banners up and to the left of us. Oh, and started the counting them on his fingers. Obviously, the Warriors have a couple lately. And Draymond, Draymond just started laughing hysterically at this man and looking at all the other fans around him, almost to like find out if we knew who this guy was. Right, like who's this clown? Exactly. Draymond did not spend one second 
in the Warriors huddle that entire timeout. He spent the entire time sort of not but fully but half interacting with this crazy person. That timeout came to an end. We were amused. We're like, wow, that's that's amazing. I didn't realize that like players would actually just stare at a crazy fan for a whole time. That's what you learn when you're at the in those fancy seats is what actually happens and how little people pay attention to their coaches. Exactly. Not at all is the answer to that. Zero. Zero. But this guy wasn't satisfied. He had gotten Draymond's attention, and now he really needed to make the most of it. So he left his seat, and he disappeared for about 10 minutes, only to return with not one, not two, but three signed pieces of Lakers memorabilia that he had purchased in the shop, I presume, all of them giant framed things. So like a big framed, <laughs> big framed jersey. What an asshole. <laughs> a big framed jersey, like a big framed picture. There was, a, it was like a Kobe jersey and a magic picture. And these things definitely cost him like at least multiple hundred dollars each. And he That's had three of them. crazy to make them. that as an impromptu decision. A trolling decision. This right. is his only goal here <laughs> is to troll Draymond Green with signed Lakers gear. Are you sure you weren't sitting in front of or behind LeVar Ball? <laughs> this guy was... Like red-headed LeVar Ball? It was so good. And Draymond, the look on Draymond's face, because he looked right at the guy who was like waving three framed things around at him, was so priceless. And now Draymond Green, by the way, he's rocketed up to like one of my top three favorite players in the league be- yeah, just because great. of this interaction where he's looking at the guy and smirking and doing that, the look that everybody knows with Draymond. Yeah. And then an usher comes over and he's like, sir, you have to check those. You can't like wave three giant giant pictures in front of the entire crowd. No one can see anything. And he goes, and the guy turned around and yelled, that's bull to everybody in the crowd behind him. Like he wanted us to get on his side. Meanwhile, we can't, we can't see anything past this dude. So he disappears again. The story's not done yet, by the way. He disappears again with saga with the usher. 15 minutes. He comes back. Usher and usher and usher. Yeah, right, not Usher. Usher wasn't there. Diddy was there. Because he could have been at a Laker game. Yeah, Diddy was there. We, his his uh, his neck piece was shimmering from across the court. Good, because uh, I want to talk about Britney Spears in a second. I didn't see Britney. I didn't know where yeah, she we'll was. Get to, we'll get to her. We'll get to her. I have many thoughts. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the final, I guess, phase of this of this yeah. guy's operation. Act three. Oh, actually, no, there's four acts. Act three was he went, and he was gone for a while, actually. So I don't know if they like found a locker or something where he could put these big-ass things in it. They should have put his ass in the locker. That would have made all of our lives. There was a kid sitting right behind me, like a little, probably like a six or seven year old who couldn't see anything the whole game. I just felt so oh. bad for this guy and his dad, who's probably paid a fortune. And right. his kid's got to look right. at this. That's like the, the month's rent. Yeah, at least. This guy's got to look at this stupid idiot's back of his head the whole game. Are... He didn't sit down basically the entire game either. So he's one of those guys. Right. Uh, he wasn't done, though. He was not done trolling, and he was not going to be denied by Lakers Usher staff. So he returned with the bright red uh, China model Kobe's signed by Kobe. So he, he brought what back... the f- is this guy's deal? Yeah, he brought, he brought back signed Kobe Bryant shoes was the last part of his equation. And he just started waving Kobe Bryant shoes at any Warriors players that happened to look in his direction. It doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even make sense. He was just so invested that he was like, "Screw it! Here's another five hundred dollars. I'm gonna wave these shoes around for the duration." What his message is? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. It has nothing to do with anything. I wonder, though, based on your 
observation, your keen observation that he still had his Brandon Ingram jersey tag on. <laughs> I wonder if this, maybe this was like a receipt. Like he kept the receipt to all of these stupid items he was getting and returned them shortly after the game. He, I wonder if all purchases are final. That's what that's a. a I bet it's investigative journalists. On I, this case. It's got to be final because no way this dude escaped like camera footage or usher footage. Like, there's no way where he could be like, uh, you know, I just I just set this down and I didn't do anything with it and I'd like to return yeah. it now. Nah, man, you were front row waving these items around. At this point, I hope, the, I hope Act Four of this story is this guy bursting into flames. He did not, unfortunately. He made it through the entire game unharmed. Uh, I don't know what this kid is going to do in life. I, I hope that at I some know. point, reach out to us if you're the son of this person. Yeah, we'll if we'll you're help you. Like it gets better. We'll it get you your better. first job. We'll get you like a job doing the water testing at Leslie's Pool Supply. I'll or adopt something. you just to just to save you. <laughs> I don't even want a child, but I don't want like an adult child in my house, but I'll take you in. Luckily, phase four of this saga is actually very short, and it was just that he managed to get JaVale McGee's attention during one of those Laker girl breaks. And much like Draymond Green, McGee, who was in like a full hoodie in the middle of the ball game, just turned and looked at the guy and like just laughed at him and then looked at all of us and smiled and gave the, we know this guy's an idiot look. And so right. he managed to get two Warriors to... To acknowledge that he's a clown. Yeah, to acknowledge that he's a clown. And So uh, do you... Okay, so here's a question. Do you think when he gets in the car and goes home, do you think his feeling is, guys, I totally nailed it at this game. I was like, yes. people were loving me. Draymond was loving me. I like got in his head, man. Like that's so crazy. Or like, do you think he like? Do you think he just like cries quietly to himself, you know, and like orders like a Domino's and stuffs his face in like shame? Like, I what, wish, like, I wish it was option two, but I'm yeah, like ninety nine. Sure yeah, I'm almost positive it's option one. Where he what gets, a shit. Yeah, truly, truly a magical time for that guy who had actually mentioned to us at one point during the game, you know, I buy these seats sometimes. Next year I want to get season tickets, he said. And that, and that was when all of us sitting nearby went, okay, we're going to go. Jesus. We're going to go someplace else. So I don't know who that guy is, but if you're watching a national TV game and you see a redheaded loon behind the broadcasters, know that that is really just the tip of the iceberg, that it goes much, much wow. deeper. Than camera time. I want to know what this guy does because he obviously has just a ton of money to throw around at useless right. crap. Uh, so anyway. I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can find out. One one person in the crowd last night that I don't know that you saw among many other non anonymous uh, people who clearly have <laughs> mental problems. Uh, Britney Spears was at the game and uh, looked pretty crazy. And they showed Britney, Britney Spears with a, a man uh, who my internet research has told me is her 23-year-old boyfriend. Oh, well done. And uh, she was making out pretty consistently with said man at the game. Oh, my. So, and you can see this online. There's a picture of them making out. And I went, and they're also, you could see, sitting next to two children. So I went, oh, my God, what a crazy experience it must be for these two kids. It's like they're sitting next to Britney Spears, and she's just, like, making out with some dude the whole game. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Turns out those two children are her children. Oh, my God. Kevin Federline. 
your boy. Oh my, oh my God. So shout out to Britney Spears, who, I mean, I don't know what's going on. She's keeping it a hundred. I think, I, is that keeping it a hundred? I think that's keeping it a hundred. I don't know. It is definitely keeping it a hundred, but maybe she should have kept it like 60. Yeah, dial it back down. Making making out with some like, you know, post, just like post college kid and making out in front of your two small children seems like maybe not the best move, but you know what? Do you, do you, Brittany? Do you, Brittany? I, that I didn't see. Uh, See a lot, you see a lot of stuff at Laker games. I'll I'll give you that. It is yeah. We're not boring. It's not like going to game in Milwaukee. <laughs> it is. It is. It is straight up weird. Uh, yeah. That so it was fun. It was a hell of an experience. I I yeah. That's good. That's a good story. That was that was fun. Um, that guy was crazy, and uh, and I'm a big Draymond Green fan now. Even if I wasn't before, just the fact that he would acknowledge this guy and like confirm to anyone sitting near him that he felt bad for us was. Pretty awesome, and yeah, I love probably, probably also a reason why the Warriors weren't very good in the first half of this game because they were, they were literally just looking They're at people fun. in the crowd. Yeah, they they didn't try until overtime. They're probably at Drake's house till like five in the morning, almost without question. They all hang out at Drake's house. That's a thing I know. Yeah, he, <laughs> I I I completely believe it. Why As someone they? who went to Drake's house once in my youth and then threw up in my hotel room? <laughs> I know that they hang out. When's our next game? When do the Lakers play next? Saturday? Okay, so yeah, so we have we have Denver on Saturday. And then let me just I don't know who makes the schedule. Maybe it was that red-haired man, maybe that's he's a very highly paid <laughs> NBA schedule maker, or maybe it was Britney Spears cuz our schedule coming up is insane and makes no sense. We have Denver on Saturday. Then somehow we play Golden State twice more in December. We play the Rockets 3 times in December. Oh no. We play the Cavs. I don't know. I don't get what's happening here. We've already played Phoenix three times. Like, who who did this schedule? This makes no sense, but basically we're coming up on a absolutely brutal stretch where you're just like Don't lose the ball. I, mean, I don't I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna get out of here with two, more than two wins this month. Um my hope is that based on this last game. Maybe we'll just keep getting up for these games because they're all against really good teams. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's yeah. it's looking... I'm already instantly regretting my informal bet on the uh, <laughs> we, AC we, for the Lakers. We still need terms of that thing. Did, did anybody yeah, get well, at you? I don't you? know. They're going to they're gonna become a lot more low stakes because I'm... I'll keep the bet, but I'm, I'm turning down the... Oh, what yeah. I'm willing to go through. Cause, Eric, missed his, Eric missed his window to get... To get yeah, something out of yeah, you. I'm coming to my senses after looking at the schedule. I, at this point, I'm just I'm not rooting for the eight slot. I'm just trying to stay out of the the lottery where we have to give our pick to Boston, which is we don't want to be bottom. We don't want to be two through five in next year's draft picks, or else it goes to Boston. Oh, so let's just stay out of there. Well, we have a shot in Denver. They lost Paul Millsap. They're a little bit. They're reeling a tiny bit from that. Yeah, we and we beat their ass in the first game. Yeah, which also makes me a little bit nervous that they're gonna be they're gonna come out swinging. Uh, let yeah, me ask you in this: altitude, right? I let mean, me. This is altitude game. Uh, yes, but at least they've got a couple days off in front, so they can kind of they can put on their like reduced oxygen masks and they can train if they want to for it. Uh, yeah. All right, your expert opinion on one thing before we wrap this bad boy up. Sure. What do the Lakers have to do? Thank you for calling me an expert. Of course, to get off to a better start in Denver. They've they've struggled at the outset. It feels like there's a lot of reactivity 
where they're kind of like, all right, what are these teams going to run on us? We're going to fall behind 10 points, but then we're going to make an adjustment, and then we're going to work our way back into the ballgame. Is there a way, and, and maybe playing a team a second time here in Denver, maybe that's the answer, but is there a way to kind of maybe get a little bit of a push out of the shoot instead of just trying to weather the other team's shot and then figure it out? I don't know. Because here's the thing. The thing that we're actually good at, which is the thing I thought we were going to be really bad at, is defense. Because, like, usually my argument would be, like, you know, offensively, you're, you know, who knows? You may come in a little cold. You may, it may take you a little bit to adjust to the court, whatever the case may be. Defense is the thing you can always control. So I would normally the prescription to a slow start is be like, just play really good defense and your offense will come. Unfortunately, our defense has been good. Our offense has been garbage. And I don't know how to fix that other than for Brooke Lopez to do better. The one person that I know you can always tell immediately kind of what kind of game they're going to have is Lonzo. So I think like Lonzo has got to be really aggressive and maybe, maybe the thing that he's really good at, which is getting everyone else involved is something he has to really, really focus on at the beginning of every game. Would like really drive to the hoop, really make sharp passes, really like almost maybe pick up defense seventy feet. You know, like do things that just energy wise will will put us there. That that would be the way he can kind of lead by example. Do you think there's any chance the Lakers uh, rotate Randall into the starting five as maybe a the four and move Larry Nance to center and let Brooke Lopez? try to get going against another team's bench. I have a feeling it's not going to happen, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's going to happen. I think like they've, I feel like they've stumbled on something good for Randall, which is he's excelling in his role. But I do agree with you that the thing that the first unit needs is a score. And I don't know where that's going to come from because, you know, kind of like, Ingram. That's Clarkson, it. Clarkson is the only other really good like bench score we have. Uh, I guess Kuzma you could play, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know who you who you swap out. Like we mm. we already had Kuzma in for Nance, and that didn't improve our starts either. No, so yeah. it's a question. That, I, don't, so... I don't. It's a very good question, and I don't know is my really not great answer. <laughs> Hopefully, well, we'll leave it up to the uh, the coaching staff. Hopefully somebody will figure that back. Yeah, they out. should know better than, than we do, at least. Uh, next episode of Ball In, Ball Out will come on Sunday, right before the Lakers basketball game, so we can say some stuff that immediately becomes obsolete. That's how we roll here on <laughs> yeah, Ball In, Ball that's Out. That's right, baby. <laughs> Eli, uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday, I guess. This was fun. Yes, it was. The midweek, the midweek show's are my specialty because this is when I have a nanny. <laughs> this is when I can like <laughs> yeah. do a Two bunch losers of re- at, like at home at two o'clock in the afternoon. Perfect. That is perfect. That is that is date time for me. He's Eli Bauman. I'm Dan Vespers. This is Ball In Ball Out, the official Lakers podcast of your good friends and our benevolent overlords at hoop ball dot com. Hoop ball. Six words, three balls. Ball in, ball out. We're done. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.